Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is a bonus episode of Star Wars 7x7. So most of us Star Wars fans, unfortunately, will not have the opportunity to attend a red carpet gala premiere of a Star Wars movie. Most of us will not get the opportunity to work directly with Industrial Light and Magic or Skywalker Sound or the Lucasfilm Story Group, but maybe, just maybe, the next best thing would be getting to talk to somebody who has and who is wonderfully candid and happy about sharing his experiences doing all of these things. And that brings us to Jeremy Meadows. He is the Senior Manager for Marketing Strategy and Integration at Nissan North America. And Nissan has been involved with Lucasfilm for the last three movies for Rogue One, The Last Jedi, and Solo. I had the pleasure of meeting him originally back at Celebration Orlando in 2017. And he and I have become friends over the years. And He's just a joy of a person in general, let alone a joy of a Star Wars fan, you know, in specific. It's been wonderful to talk to him over the past couple of years, not just for interviews, but just, you know, general conversations as well. Just, you know, two people shooting the breeze over life and kids and families and work and all that fun stuff. So anyway, I had the chance to talk to Jeremy again for the whole solo promotion that's going on with Nissan and to really dig in to things like what the red carpet premiere was like for Solo A Star Wars Story and about the making of the commercial that got done, which features, you know, what you would think to be actual Star Wars footage, but you'll find out what it's really made of, which is kind of fascinating stuff, and about how he gets to work with ILM and Lucasfilm Skywalker sound as part of that and the whole best in the galaxy customizer thing that you've been hearing about on the podcast well there's a lot more thought that goes into that than you might expect so I'm not gonna spoil anything anymore <laughs> than that instead I'm just gonna say hey let's just cut right to it and let's get into my conversation with Jeremy Meadows from Nissan North America and you can hear all about some very cool insider Lucasfilm stuff. Jeremy Meadows, it's so great to see you again. Welcome back to Star Wars 7x7. How are you? I'm great, my friend. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a fine time to be excited, too, with Solo, a Star Wars story coming out in home. You know what? I, I've been saying it to home video. I still am not sure that that's entirely correct. You know, home video goes back to the days when we had the VHS cassettes and whatnot. I that's mean. Right. It's still, you know, coming to streaming services on Friday the 14th and to Blu-ray and new 4K Ultra UHD on September 25th. That's very exciting stuff. And Nissan is, of course, a part of this whole solo in-home promotion, too, which is fascinating. But you guys have been involved with Solo from the very start. So why, that's where I want to start by talking to you because we didn't get a chance to talk about your time at the solo premiere. We, you know, we had a discussion back in December when you got to the go to the last Jedi premiere, which was really awesome to hear about, but I'd love to hear about your time at the solo premiere. Like, you know, are you just getting to be a jaded Hollywood celebrity now? Like, Oh, I'm at another red carpet premiere. Oh yeah. Hollywood again, shut down Hollywood Boulevard again. Like, you know, what is this experience like for you? now that you've done it over and over again? Well, I will tell you, it's not old hat. <laughs> um, it is exciting every single time. And every single time, I'm literally throughout the whole night pinching myself, literally, I do it, 
And I'm just like, this cannot be real. Um, <laughs> I never in a million years um, and throughout my life. And, you know, I've been a fan since I was very, very young. So my earliest memories of being just in existence, it was tied to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I never would have thought I would have been at a Star Wars red carpet um, event let alone now three of them. <laughs> um, and, and I've been also not only at the red carpet events, but been at other opening night, you know, galas. We did a big one for The Last Jedi with fans. Uh, we did another special screening in New York for Solo uh, with some uh, some media and some others. So I, I've literally been able to see some things and do some things that I never thought I would have ever been able to do in my life, especially related to Star Wars. And it's still it's still wonderful and brand new practically every single time, it sounds like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just, I, I, I'm enjoying every moment. Um, you know, whether it's going to the, see the solo movie at the premiere or going to celebration, which was my very first one ever I went to last, uh, last year. Uh, it, every moment's been pretty exciting to be a part of. And, uh, at the premiere last time for the last Jedi, you had all of the, the customized vehicles, the special, you know, one-off creations. And this year you did another one as well. The Lando's millennium Falcon. Yes. Yeah, we decided uh, this time, uh, you know, we wanted to, to really celebrate something that was really unique and special for Solo. And I'm sorry, if you're going to do a vehicle, you have to do the Millennium Falcon. That, that's, right. That's the only way to do it. And and we decided to take it up even a bigger notch. And we've done a couple of them now. I mean, this would have been our number nine car that we've done. Actually, num- actually technically number 10 uh, that we did out of all the vehicles that we've done since Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided this time, you know, We've done exteriors. Less time, let's do an interior uh, ah, as well. Okay, yeah. So that yeah. was something that was brand new for the vehicle. So we have a great exterior, but we really got into it on the interior because on the other ones, the windows were darkened. You couldn't see what was kind of happening on the inside of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we had to kind of be very, very, very creative about how we built the car and customized it because everybody would sit inside the car and see what it's really truly made of. Um, and that was really the best part of, of having the car on display wherever we took it, whether it was at the red carpet or the New York event. We even took it to Lucasfilm headquarters. Oh, and wow. When people sat in the car, literally, they said they felt like they were sitting in the Millennium Falcon. And of course, it has to be Lando's Falcon, because quite honestly, if you built Han's Falcon, I mean, it would still be cool, but... You know, it probably wouldn't look as nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be a little bit more dingy and dirty and beat up. Uh, you know, he and Chewie kind of put it through the ringer, mm-hmm. uh, let alone the Kessel Run, then on with all their other adventures, right? Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine you... <laughs> the thought of you driving a, you know, Nissan Showcar Millennium Falcon of the version that managed to crash land on Savarine at the end of Solo, A Star Wars Story, like ruining the landing gear and everything and just smashing down yeah i don't think it is a great scene uh definitely probably would not have gone well on the red carpet to arrive with that version of the falcon i would imagine no but you know even with that all being said there was one little touch that we still wanted to bring into the interior of the falcon that is more han than lando uh we actually have a pair of dice hanging from the rear view mirror oh excellent so where is this car now and not just that car, but I mean, as you said, either nine or ten of these very special show cars that you guys have created. Where are they? Like, what happens to them once all the the fanfare has died down? Uh, well, the actually they're all right now in storage. Uh, we have them locked away and safe hiding and keep. 
Um, and we're holding on to them for right now. I mean, sometimes with some of these custom cars that we do for Nissan, uh, you know, not just the Star Wars one, but some other ones, um, after a while, they do have to be disposed. Uh, but these ones, we've worked closely with Lucasfilm and we're hanging on to them. We're, we're seeing if maybe there's a future opportunity where we can display them again. So basically what you're saying is that somewhere in America, presumably, Nissan has a storehouse that's kind of like the storehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where there's just this giant thing and it's got, it's stored off someplace and it'll be, you know, I mean, obviously it's got to be cataloged and stored somewhere. I'm just, you know, <laughs> riffing. But you're not it, far but... off. You're not far off. We have uh, a couple of different places we'll keep vehicles at that uh, we want to keep them kind of under safe keep. And uh, yeah, you kind of walk in and it's like you're walking into a car museum. <laughs> are they actually where you could walk in and see them or they're not like shrink wrapped for uh, for their safety or anything like that they are covered they are covered for keeping the dust off of them and birds mm -hmm. and anything else that kind of happens to get in there we do get them out every once in a while to check out them and make sure they're in good condition uh but yeah they're they're under lock and storage and, and in good safekeeping except for two of them and you may see one of them behind me right now Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about that. I see one of them. And before we actually started the recording, you were kind enough to show me the other one. So uh, clearly, we are not doing some weird forced perspective thing where you would actually fit <laughs> in that car. But um, do tell us about the uh, the car that is behind you. And I will say that if you are listening to this episode on audio, then you would definitely be doing yourself a favor to check it out on YouTube or Facebook so that way you can see the video version and you can see inside Jeremy's office. This is actually his office. And this is some of the amazing memorabilia, paraphernalia that's in here. So tell me about that Nissan, that custom Rogue that we're looking at behind you. So technically these would be numbers 11 and 12 then, I guess, within the, the custom vehicle lineup. So these two cars, and this is number one, I'll show the other one in a moment, um, they were made as just concept cars, just kind of something for fun. Uh, we had these at the uh, the red carpet uh, for the movie. In particular, we had it at the after party. Ah, okay. Um, and we had a special display stand uh, to show off these two cars, and people could take pictures of them and with them. Um, but so we did two of them because you know, yeah, we've got uh, we've got Solo over here behind me on my shoulder there. You know, represented in a custom three D printed Rogue. Um, however, you can't have. <laughs> solo without Chewy, and uh, so we had to do Chewy car, and these are to scale, um, and we had the pair of them on display at the red carpet uh, after party, and uh, fans really loved them. They thought they were a lot of fun. Um, although I will tell you, we got a lot of heads that turned when we were carrying. We had to take these two cars by hand. I was one of them. I was carrying the solo car. Uh -huh. One of my colleagues was carrying the Chewy car. And we carried them from the Roosevelt Hotel where we were doing a, a pre-party at. Mm -hmm. um, and we carried them from there over to uh, the Dolby Theater um, and one of their ballrooms. And so we were walking down Hollywood Boulevard carrying these two cars. We got a lot of people like, what are you carrying in your arms right now? Oh, you weren't even was, carrying them in, in boxes or anything like that? They were just no, we out? Just, we, we, we just decided to have a little fun. And, and, and Lucasfilm gave us the green light to be able just to walk down the street carrying them to kind of raise a little buzz. I mean, because after all, they were building a Millennium Falcon on Hollywood Boulevard. So right. there was already some excitement in the air. So to see two people walking down the street carrying these cars uh, was, was pretty head-turning. <laughs> 
And would you mind, um, can we get a little closer look at the Chewie card? Just because there's, sure. the, I mean, the fur on it is just fantastic. And I don't know if uh, folks can necessarily see it, but um, coming right over uh, the let windshield. Me, uh, let me spin the camera around. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. Oh, yeah. The, the bandolier strap, I thought, was just an excellent addition there, too. It's so, all the way up. So this, these were 3D printed and hand painted, or in the case of Chewie's, uh, hand decorated. And that's fake fur, I think you told me. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's all fake fur. That's not real. But we did yeah. really dye it to make sure it kind of had those uh, multiple colors, kind of like what Chewie would realistically had. We referenced a lot of images that Lucasfilm uh, gave us just so we made sure that it was uh, film accurate. It's so amazing. I mean, and then that's the Range Trooper helmet that you guys were giving away as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so that was produced by Gentle Giant. Uh, this is the uh, this is not one of the customer sweepstakes helmets that we gave away. This is actually the uh, pre-production model that I approved before they went to production. So this ah. one sits in my office as a as a keepsake. Nice. Uh, but uh, it is accurate for what the customers, uh, one out of the hundred that won during the May sweepstakes that we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your office is a wonderful <laughs> little museum in its own right. That's some amazing stuff. And that's actual leather work. Oh, and there's this blaster, too. Yeah, that whole thing is, uh, as you'll see here, uh, it is actually 3D printed all the way down to the bottom of the holster. Um, it's pretty, uh, pretty detailed in how they put it together, wheels painted and put on there and even our, uh, even our Nissan badge and everything on the front. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That is just amazing stuff. Good heavens. Thank you very much for giving everybody watching this a closer look. That's really awesome. All right. So speaking of customizations, uh, this year you also continued the digital customization situation. You did the best in the galaxy customizer for solo, a star Wars story. And so you've got the Ultima, the Titan and the rogue. And it's always fascinating to me how easy it is. It seems at least just from the, you know, end consumer perspective of just going to, you know, pick a car and then, you know, pick your exterior, pick your interior, pick, you know, you know, pick your wheels, like um, all these things. It's just, it's practically magical in its way. And we just, we take it for granted, but um, you know, you got to do it again for solo, just like you did with the last Jedi. What goes into creating something like the best in galaxy customizer? I mean, what do you have to go through with Lucasfilm and even internally at Nissan to decide you know, these are the exteriors, these are the interiors, this is the naming of things, these are the um, uh, um, the phrases that we want to include on the pillars in the back. Like, how do you go about that whole process? Uh, well, it's a collaboration effort uh, between Nissan and Lucasfilm. Uh, we actually work with the story group uh, to find out what are the ah. important vehicles that they want to tell as a part of the story of Solo. Okay. Um, and so they'll give us a whole range of here's options, but here's definitely our priorities that we want to highlight as part of this customizer experience. Um, and then the same thing with the, uh, in Arabish, uh, the phrases that you can put on the vehicle that you can do that in Arabish or English. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, all the way down to the colors, everything about the vehicle, uh, you know, we share with them, well, here's the cars that we would like to see customized. And then we would say to them, you know, what is the story you want to tell about solo through this customizer? So it's not just a pretty face. There's actually a story kind of to it, right? I mean, you've got 
the, the of course, the Millennium Falcon, Lando's Falcon. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have Han Speeder, you have Mulak's uh, Speeder. You've got you've got a variety of vehicles there that really help to tell the story of Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, and and it, it was just really great to be able to work with those folks and to understand what that storyline is and bring it to life in this unique way. So being a Star Wars fan as you are, going through this process means that you, you get to learn things about the movie that perhaps you might not have discovered otherwise until you were actually seeing it into the theater for the first time. Like, how do you deal with that as a fan? Like, is there a part of you that is, you know, really amazingly excited to be getting this knowledge for, you know, beforehand, you know, or is there a part of you that is kind of trying to firewall yourself? Like, I need to know this for work, but I'm trying not to learn about it <laughs> so I can have the full experience. Like, how do you personally handle this stuff? Um, it, it is tricky. Um, it, it really is. Uh, if, of not, uh, of not getting so wrapped up into, uh, into what all of this is, um, and not getting too wrapped up into, um, knowing too much. It's really, really tricky. Um, and, and the fan in me, I try not to in the past know a whole lot going into a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, but for my job, I have to know a lot what's going on for the movie in order to understand what stories that Lucasfilm wants to tell, uh, what, what, what images do they want to portray to customers and to fans? Um, and so because of that, I do have to know a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but the good news is the, the, the team at Lucasfilm, they know that I'm a fan. They know that people that are at Nissan are also fans. And so they tell us really honestly just enough to do the project that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And they leave a lot of surprises. I, I remember um, the, the very first project working on with, uh, with the team at Lucasfilm was Rogue One. Right. And we were actually in studio filming some scenes for some of the early commercials that we did with Rogue One. And that morning is when the final trailer for Rogue One came out. <laughs> and, you know, it hit, it hit everything at like 6 a.m. in the morning or something like that. I was out in L.A. Um, and, um, and I wake up in my hotel. I get the alerts. I watch it. I get to the set. And one of the team members from Lucasfilm said, hey, have you seen the trailer yet? And I said, yeah, already about a half a dozen times. <laughs> and uh, they said, so what do you think? And I was like, well, now some things are answered. Because, mm -hmm. again, they, they don't tell me everything, but I know enough to get the project done. And, um, and they said, so you figured some stuff out. And I said, well, I think a couple of things, but it's still, there's a lot of things I have questions on. And they said, well, that's good because we want you to be surprised and entertained and you're never going to see the ending coming. Ah. And I, 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 I really appreciate that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I got to see just like everybody else in the theater when they were seeing it for the first time, that classic now classic scene with Vader at the end yeah. which, and Leia at the end, which just blew everybody away. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about Tarkin, for example. Um, okay. And so the same thing with Solo. You know, I knew a lot going into Solo. Mm -hmm. I knew about there's going to be a special uh, moment where Han and Chewie meet. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know exactly the details. I just knew it was going to be a special, not what you would expect kind of moment where they meet. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to see some unique opportunities where their relationship is starting to build. And I knew a couple of examples, but I didn't know the whole story. So then when I get a chance to finally see the movie... I'm entertained just like you. And of course, spoiler alert here, I did not know about Maul at the end. That was okay. a complete surprise. <laughs> Literally me and everybody else in the theater when we were seeing it for the first time, all gasped. Same mm -hmm. time. It was amazing. So that's obviously then why there's no Maul themed customization in the Best in the Galaxy customizer then too. 
So, it, well, so yeah, exactly. And to, to that point, um, so I'm at the red carpet. I love telling this story. Um, and, you know, I'm there from the moment it opens until just before the movie starts. And mm -hmm. then I go into the theater and I get the great opportunity to watch it with, you know, with the filmmakers, which has been the cast, which is pretty exciting. Um, one of the first people that came down the red carpet is Ray Park. Oh, boy. Okay. And, of course, I, I didn't think anything other than, oh, my gosh, this is Ray Park. And he had his family with him. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was really a pleasure to be able to show his family and him. And I had his son sitting in the front seat of the Rogue, the custom one we did, and showed him, hey, if you push this button, it actually fires up the hyperdrive. And you hear the, the sounds and chewy roars at you. And that was so much fun. And, and I just thanked Ray for bringing such a great character to the screen mm -hmm. and being such a great character also too, with some of the other movies he's done. And I'm a movie fan in general. And it was really great to just talk with him for a few minutes. There wasn't a whole lot of people coming down the red carpet. So I think I had 10 minutes with him. Wow. That's great. And that was really, really pretty amazing to be able to get that amount of time. And then of course I see the movie mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, that's why he was, at the red carpet yeah and ironically uh later after the uh, after the movie there's at the after party where we had these little cars behind me on display mm -hmm. well ray and his family were at the table right next to me and my nissan <laughs> and so i go over to him and i said ray now i know why you were here and wow that was awesome mm -hmm. that was really awesome and he said thanks it was really hard keeping a secret from everybody <laughs> <laughs> so obviously he didn't tell you while he had the time there nope yeah, and it's not a given because, I mean, Ewan McGregor has shown up at a bunch of these things and he hasn't been in any of them, aside from just that little voice casting thing in The Force Awakens just very briefly. But right. uh, yeah, so yeah, it's you never know. It's It could be a complete red herring or it could actually be the real deal. I'm glad to hear, though, that he didn't go, you know, hey, keep your eyes out or anything right, like that. Right, right. No, he did a great job of not telling me anything or anybody, obviously, because we were all just floored that mall was at the end yeah so there's one other thing i want to ask you about and you mentioned commercials earlier and there's one commercial that at least that i've seen for uh the solo campaign and it deals with the pro pilot assist technology the nissan intelligent mobility technology and i wanted to ask you about that because of the filming aspect there there's a scene that is you know another unusual and I believe a custom scene, but I think first I got to ask you to just briefly explain what the ProPilot Assist technology is, so that way we can have a you know more literate conversation about the scene that's shown in the commercial for the filming of the movie. So at its basic uh, essence, what ProPilot Assist does it keeps you between the lines on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, the the camera system and the sensors that are in the car help keep you centered between the lines. Um, even when you're on a, on a curve on the road, um, so you're on the highway and you're going along, it'll keep you centered. What it also will do is it'll help you if stop and start uh, situations when you're in heavy traffic. Um, so it'll bring you to a complete stop and resume speed um, as the car in front of you starts to move. So all those work together to give you this really unique driving experience. You get to kind of relax and enjoy the drive just a little bit more. Um, and, and really that's what it's ultimately all about is, is enjoying the drive. And that's what ProPilot Assist does for you. So when we were trying to figure out a way to communicate that to people about keeping centered, um, and that's one of the heart uh, heart and soul parts of what the ProPilot Assist technology does, mm -hmm. we, we were trying to figure out what's a unique way from a Star Wars perspective that we could tell that story, but also to bring that into the real world. So in brainstorming with the Lucasfilm team and with our team here at Nissan, we said, you know, there's, there's this classic scene from Empire Strikes Back 
where the falcon spins up on its uh, you know vertical axis there and slipstreams right in between the asteroids. And we said, is there anything like that that's happening in uh, in Solo? And they said, well, again, this is that we'll tell you enough about the project, but we're not going to actually tell you too much. Mm-hmm. And um, they came back and they said, well, you know what? Um, we can't tell you directly, but what we can do is we can we can create something for you that's custom. So all of that footage that you've seen in our commercial is custom that was done specifically for us uh, to help us tell that story of staying centered, regardless of what other kind of crazy is going on around you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so we wanted to take that then into the real world. And that's where we came up with the idea of the the bridge and the, the semis and how things are lit mm-hmm. um, and how it was filmed. Um, we wanted to have that kind of parallel kind of example between the two. And so where was that? The reason I'm asking is because the bridge scene looks very much like the Zakem Bridge in Boston, which is not too far away from me. But I don't think it was quite because the cityscape itself looks a little bit different. Where was that film? Do you know? That was on the eastern span of the Bay Bridge in San Francisco. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Going into, going into Oakland. It's a, it's a fairly new structure that was just built um, not that long ago. Um, and it's, uh, you know, more prepared for... Uh, you know, earthquakes and things like that. So it's brand new. It was only opened a few months before we filmed there. Gotcha. And the dog is ridiculously cute too. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to have a fun little, uh, you know, moment in there of, you know, showing our hero driver and the passenger, you know, being confident with the technology, but want to have a little fun nod to kind of something that was like Chewy, but not. And so that was our little Chewy. And so did Phoebe Waller-Bridge then do um, brand new lines, especially for this commercial then? Or is this like an audio double kind of situation? Or are you even allowed to say? Uh, it's, a, it's an audio double type of situation. We, we use some of, that, uh, some of that audio from the movie into our commercial. Got it. Excellent. And so they, um, Lucasfilm said, hey, we've got an idea. And so they put you know somebody in a Chewy costume and got an L3 an and an audio double and did all of the special effects. Did ILM then get involved with the filming of the Falcon? Because you see the exterior of the Falcon in space flying toward two Star Destroyers. So is ILM involved in this too? Oh yeah, Lucasfilm, ILM, uh, sound design was done by Skywalker Sound. Ah. Uh, I mean, we worked with the full team across the Lucasfilm company. Uh, it was pretty amazing. That is fantastic. And that's another thing, too, where you have worked with all of these outfits previously for The Last Jedi and for Rogue One. And yet it's, you know, it's still not, you know, ah, it's Tuesday or anything. Right. (laughs) I'm at the ranch again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. (laughs) That is really wonderful. And I'm very glad, actually, that they chose that instead of the, the scene toward the beginning of Solo where he's got that speeder that he stole and he wedges it in between the, uh, yep. the walls of the shipyard. Cause I don't think that would necessarily illustrate the technology as effective. <laughs> no, we did. We did explore that area because, uh, you know, that's a really exciting chase scene. Um, and, and a lot of that, you know, it reminded me a lot of some of the, you know, classic kind of car chases that happened you know, in classic movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it reminded me of in the hot rod scene and things like that. But again, it just didn't feel right to tell the story of pro pilot assist. Right. Um, while while very cool, we said we need to find something else that helps tell our technology story a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, he would have had to get through that. <laughs> Other, yeah, otherwise, yeah, it doesn't quite, yes, uh, you know, doesn't quite shine it in the same light that it should be shined in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, um, I just want to say I'm so 
glad to get to talk to you again, not just as, you know, somebody who's, you know, doing all these very fascinating things uh, for Nissan and with Lucasfilm and ILM and with Skywalker Sound, but just your passion is always incredibly evident for this. And I mean, you know, for, for folks who are watching this on video, you know, that is Jeremy's office at Nissan in Tennessee. So, I mean, the solo poster there, like, and he was gracious enough to give me a video tour of the office and you would be astounded at some of the other things that he has in there. This is absolutely something he's very passionate about. If I may speak about you in the third person while we're talking here together. So, I mean, if there's anybody who would be involved in a situation where, you know, a licensor is working with Lucasfilm on a thing, you know, it would be, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody better or more passionate or more committed to doing it and doing it right and telling a very authentic story than Jeremy Meadows, who is a senior manager for marketing and marketing strategy and integration, I should say properly with Nissan North America and just a wonderful, nice guy to talk with in general. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you've got a lot of different fascinating projects on your plate. And I'm so grateful to be able to spend the time with you. And I'm sure our listeners are as well. So thank you again for taking the time and talking about all these amazing things you've done with Lucasfilm. Well, happy to do so, Alan. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I can't wait to listen to the show. And I just listened to the other show this morning. It was great hearing about the novelization. So I, I, I enjoy listening to your show and been a big fan for a long time. So happy to be a part of it again. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.